Welcome. This is All the Fuck In, a podcast from two entrepreneurs about showing up for social justice in your work. This isn't your typical capitalist-focused entrepreneurial business podcast. There are already plenty of those. We're here because we've been craving voices rooted in activism, justice, and integrity with those values. These are conversations about all things business and entrepreneurship, but from a radical perspective that says we don't have to choose between social justice values and being successful in our work. This won't be a place where we claim to have all the answers. Our intention is to offer guidance and support while also encouraging our listeners to discover and live into more questions. We believe these conversations require ongoing practice and a consistent dedication to unlearning. If you're ready to go all the fuck in on what matters most while creating an abundant life, you're in the right place. And a quick note on our content, we believe self-care is radical and non-negotiable in the work of both justice and entrepreneurship. So some of these conversations include mention of trauma, both from a systemic and often racialized perspective and in relationship to experiences like sexual violence. We hope you do what you need to take care of yourself while listening, even if that means pausing and returning to an episode at another time or skipping it altogether. Yay! Oh my gosh. Well, this conversation can only be started with a yay because, um, well, first let me say welcome back, everybody. I'm Lauren. I use she and her. Here's my co-host. I'm Tristan. I use they, them. Thanks, Lauren. Um, And I am so, so excited for our guest today. Uh, I have been following Michelle Ward's work for more than a decade (laughs) which is wild. Um, I consider her my first ever business coach and I'm just thrilled to have her on the podcast today. So welcome, Michelle, with your yay crown on. (laughs) Perfect. Yes, Uh, I love it. The video. Yes. Um, So we always um, ask our guests if you want to introduce yourself, your pronouns, anything about your identities that feels like something to be shared and then any astrology, if you feel like adding that in. Okay. Well, first I have to just start by saying, thank you. I'm fangirling right now. I am like a fan of the show and I'm just so excited to be here. This is already just the energy around this is so spectacular and I'm super excited. And yeah, the second you said, yay, I just grabbed my yay crown. (laughs) So everyone who can't see it, join the Patreon and see the yay crown. Um, So I, I use she, her pronouns. I am white. I'm cisgendered. I'm able-bodied. I am Jewish. I'm a two-time breast cancer survivor, mother, daughter, wife. Um, I live in Montclair, New Jersey, the stolen land of the Lenape tribe. And my astrology, Capricorn, and I'm just starting to learn this. I'm like really getting into it. So I often don't remember, but my moon sign is Aries and my rising is Gemini. Thank you, co-star astrology. Is that, is that, is that weird for some reason, Lauren? Oh, no. no. Oh, no. I knew you were a Capricorn, which you are a very Capricorn Capricorn. Yes, 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 very. The more I'm learning about it, I was like, oh, that's this, that's the, oh, okay, uh-huh. Yeah, combined with the Aries moon, it's like, wow, watch out world. <laughs> Michelle has things to do, things to say. Impact right. I love it. <laughs> that is right. That is right. Um, and, you know, I obviously we know what you do and some of our listeners might too, but for those who don't, what is it that you're up to in the world these days? Yeah. So it's funny. I mean, when you said I'm, I'm your first ever business coach and oh my gosh, I should have looked exactly like when we first worked together because it was a while ago. No, um, no 
you know, I'm, I've been a business coach for, for a decade working with creative women to help them discover and launch and build their dream businesses. And in, you know, mid 2020, I went, I need to streamline. I am pulled way too thin. I'm pulled in too many different directions and I want my work to have even more of an impact. And how do I do that? I want to feel different in my day to day. And I said, this 90 day business launch program that I've been running. I think that is the key to the future of making my mark and having that impact that I want and helping creative women who I feel are so underserved become successful business owners with their dream business that makes them feel aligned and valued and fulfilled and is lucrative. Um, let's help them launch their business with, with as much impact and as possible um, and get them set up with the strongest business foundation. So right now I could say, you know, I'm the CEO of 90 day business launch, or I'm a business coach, or I'm a business launch coach. Like all of, all of those things is, are the things that I do for work. Oh, yeah. And I'm glad that you brought up this evolution you've been in. Cause I know it's, I mean, for the first time in more than a decade, you're kind of embarking on a totally new thing. Cause yeah. you used to be when I grow up coach yes. and that kind of has to be put to bed or yes. you know, evolved, evolved. Yeah. Evolved. Yeah. So how, I mean, I I've heard you share a little bit about like where that start, like that need yeah. revolution came from, but yeah. I know that a lot of people would love to hear. Mm -hmm. Okay. 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 How it's feeling. Okay. So here's the thing, right. And I'm pointing at you both already. I don't mean to point at you. So <laughs> usually at some point in conversations like this, I start pointing because I get just so passionate and, and excited uh, about what we're going through. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, was saying for a while, like, oh, I'm closing the doors of when I grow up coaching in a way I did, but I felt like that framed it in a way of just like, oh, the business failed or it didn't work. Mm. I was literally making $300,000 a year on the one I grow up coach. And then I went, no, 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 no. So the way it kind of came about was that at the end of 2019, I'm with my mastermind group of other coaches who I've known forever, who I love dearly. And we were doing a little retreat, business retreat, pre-COVID, obviously. Um, and we were all going through our businesses. And I ran this program called Discover Your Dream Business that I was holding on to so tightly. I loved this program. I basically created it for me back in 2007 when I thought that, you know, I, I knew the life as a musical theater performer that I wanted since I was six years old was not what I wanted to pursue as a grown-up, quote unquote. And you know, I picked up what colors your parachute because that's the guide to figure out your next career move. And my best friend who was not creative and traditionally minded, she went through the whole book and found this very obscure phase of marketing that she's like, oh, there are three agencies in New York City. I was in New York City at the time that do, do this marketing. I'm going to get a job with one of them. I did three exercises and I threw the book across the room. I was just like, <laughs> this is not meant for me. This does not resonate with me. This is not helpful for me. And so I was doing this, this discovery um, program, but it was forever hard to sell. I tried lots mm. of different ways to do it. I had different names. I had different ways of delivering it. I had different price points and it never clicked. And my friends finally were like, we love you. We love how much you want to help. But like, when you look at this in the grand scheme of your business, it brings in this much money and takes this much effort for those who can't see. It's like a little bit of money, a lot of effort. And what if you just put it on, on hold for 2020 and then you could revisit. And I was like, 
I will agree to that. Okay, we'll put it on hold. So then I'm really just focusing on the women who are launching, who already know the business they want to start. Um, and I'm helping them start it. And I'm working with um, those who have opened their doors, but need help growing their business, getting clients, building their business that way. And then I also was running a like year long program that was taking people through the whole thing, the discovery, the launch and the building together and in a year long program. Um, and I knew by mid 2020, this year long program is just not my jam. Love my clients, love what they were doing, but it just didn't work for me. I felt they're kind of running three different programs at a time and then having one-on-one -on -one clients and then doing workshops. And then, um, I felt very kind of all over the place. It's, it was so hard to, to multitask in that way. Um, and like say, oh, now I'm talking to my launchers. Let me put my launch hat on. Now I'm talking to my builders. Let's put that hat on. It was very exhausting and hard for me to keep up with. And, um, I think because I pretty much put that discovery bucket down, the, the aha moment came in mid 2020, where I had a former client send me an email with an introduction to someone because that person said, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. And she goes, Oh, you have to meet my former coach. Let me introduce you to. And I looked at that email and I said, I don't do that anymore. So if I don't do that anymore, then what's mm -hmm. next? And I went back to that same incredible group of, of, of women that I do this mastermind with and, and just said to them, like, am I not the one I grow up coach anymore? And they said, oh, you haven't been the one I grow up coach for years, but oh. that has been, you know, the business that you built and how you're known. And like, we know you're so attached to it, but like, whether or not you're the one I grow up coach doesn't matter. Like you're known for this work. This is the good work that you do. You've been successful. And so now like, you know, what's next. And so that was, that was really the turning point. And that's where I went, okay, well, I know I'm not doing this year long program. Okay. I'm going to make this transition. So that 2020, 2021, and I launched this business, um, one year and one day ago, uh, from when we're recording this, um, and said, okay, I am taking down when I grow up coach. And it's just going to be 90 day business launch. And then behind the scenes, I still ran my build your client based mastermind and just kind of was like, okay, this would be a private little thing. And the plan was, I'm just going to do this for 2021 while I get my bearings and find this new business model. Um, and I knew by, by June of 2021, like, yep, this next round, six months, this next round's the last round. Um, and it is scary as hell. And we're two weeks into it right now, uh, as we're, we're recording and going like right now I have zero clients cause I'm working on recalibrate, recalibrating the program, making it more accessible, more affordable, more available, um, and taking my time with it for the first time ever. And just going, no, I, I want to help a thousand creative women launch their dream businesses in eight years. And, and that's my focus. And once I realized that, and that was part of the aha moment too, um, I realized if I cleared the deck, I can make that happen. And then it was like, game on game on. Wow. That's so brave. I'm seeing Tristan's face. <laughs> I mean, I guess yeah, so much is coming up for me as I'm listening to you, Michelle. And I want to, I want to put a pin in the four women conversation. Uh -huh. We'll come back mm -hmm. to that. Cause I, totally. I want to talk to you about that. And totally. also the thing that I'm hearing is like, 
for me, I'm in a place of being like, I don't do that anymore regarding uh-huh. website design. And uh-huh. I feel guilty saying that to people. Do you, does that come up for you when you're like, nope, I don't do that anymore. Like, yep. Right. Especially when you know you can, and you're good at it and you're this and you're that. And like, yep. For me, there is this itch of like, well, I have this discover your dream business program. There is a version of it that is just like an automatic email trip. And maybe I should just put it up and sell it. And I think, and who knows, I will leave that open. Who knows? Maybe 2023 me or 2025 me will want to do that. But I know it's like, it's not, it's not on mission for me. And I would rather point that person to someone like my dear friend, Laura Sims at your career homecoming, shout out to Laura to be like, this is someone whose only thing is helping you with exactly this work. So like go work with Laura. And then if you decide, yes, I want to be a business owner and you need help launching the business, then come back to me. And so that also makes me happy to like give those referrals very freely. And now I don't need to, I don't need to be your person for this right now. I could put you in good hands somewhere else. So I could stay on mission, even though I'm like, Oh, I spent years crafting this program and I know that it helps people. And I mean, the other thing that's so inspiring too, is this, I mean, I think one of the cool things, and I feel like we've talked about this before on the podcast, one of the cool things about being on an entrepreneur is being able to say like, this isn't working anymore, or this is taking too much for what it yields. Right. Um, Or whatever. It doesn't light me up and I don't want to do it. And now I'm going to pivot, but the pivot is really scary. And to say Uh like, I have zero clients. I'm like, (laughs) I'm immediately like, Oh no. Oh no. I have zero clients. I mean, I was on, I remember like my, I don't know. mm, I started coaching in 2008. I left my job March of 2010, mid-recession. And within a few months, I was on a wait list. And I was on a like, yup, like a six month wait list, people. So like for me to say I have zero clients and I'm sitting here chill talking to you both about it is like big evolution for this Capricorn, big. And not to (laughs) say I don't have total freak out moments and not to say I don't look at my husband. And you know, not only am I the, the breadwinner of the family, but I am the only breadwinner of the family at this point. Um, my husband might go, he's, we're hoping that a freelance gig comes through for him, but like, you know, that's it. I'm, I I've said to him, am I putting our family at risk? Am I putting our house at risk? Am I, is this totally irresponsible? And, um, he's thankfully the voice of reason a lot. He's like, no, like you always make smart business decisions. You have been burning yourself out and stressed out. And like, I just want you it's only the wrong decision if this makes you more stressed and overwhelmed than you are otherwise. Then we can figure it out. But otherwise, he's like, take the time, yeah. take the space, like whatever you need. And, and then you'll come back and like, it's going to be great because it's always been great. And, and thank, thank Moses for him. <laughs> Good old Moses. <laughs> Good old Moses. Thank you, Moses. <laughs> Hello, Jew here. So yes. Yay, <laughs> yes I mean, we yes. don't actually thank Moses, but like in this moment, we don't thank Moses. We don't thank Moses. So Michelle, Moses. tell me about working with women. That's all. Yes. That's my question. I yes. Want <laughs> yes. Let's talk about it. Okay. So here's where I started. So in 2008, if you were to ask me, what did I do? I would say I will work with creative people on their career transitions. So I really thought with my background, I was going to start my start coaching actors who didn't want to pursue acting anymore mm-hmm. and wanted a quote unquote grown up job. And I was going to help them find one that was going to feel authentic and aligned and, and all of that stuff. Um, I'm, 
I'm glad it didn't work out that way <laughs> because I kind of did the opposite. Like I helped people who weren't in creative positions be get creative positions, right. Or, or be more creative in their work. Um, and so that was kind of an interesting turn. So I went from the evolution of like, well, creative people through career transitions to like, huh, I work mostly with people who are business owners or want to be business owners. So then it was just, it was business focused. And I'm trying to think what came before what I think actually maybe before the business part, I did realize like I have worked with 74 women and 13 men. And I went and I looked at the list of the client roster and thank you to the men who worked with me, who are listening, like you are great clients. It was great. Um, got, got good results, good experience, but, and were they the people who I connected with most? If I were to make a list of my top 20 clients, were they on it? No. Did I feel the same connection? And I do not want a gender stereotype, but, but for this example, um, overwhelmingly they would come on these coaching calls and they just be like, well, well, tell me how I'm going to make money. Like, I just want to know what to do to make money and just like, tell me the answer. Like they didn't want to go through the process. Like the women that I worked with did the women wanted work that made them feel fulfilled and, and valued and was aligned with who they are. And the men didn't care about that. And that felt like an important piece for me and my process. Um, so it was, I think at that point they said, okay, well, thank you men, but I'm not, not going to market to you anymore. And so in the last couple of years, since great white awakening, quote unquote, which I will say, like, I, I feel like I was part of that. Um, I have 1 million percent looked at, okay, how do I make my business more inclusive? Because I was looking at, um, you know, even when I, when I launched my, my website, my brand new website last year, um, I was looking at my client testimonials and going, this is one straight white woman after another, yeah. and this is not acceptable to me. Um, it's also not acceptable. And I should mention that we adopted our daughter when she was five weeks old and she is biracial. So she is black and Puerto Rican. And I felt this sense of shame and urgency that, if she wasn't at that point, five years old and she was 15 years old and she looked at my website, she would say, well, why don't you help women that look like, like me? me? Yeah. And so, um, I, you know, did the thing that a lot of white women did and like, let's go buy all the books and let's go list all the podcasts. Let's go do all the things. And thankfully the other thing that I did was work with VP, right? Shout out to VP, right? They are amazing. Um, I signed up for her inclusive entrepreneur program and I spent, I think it was four months in that program, um, just learning more about the inclusive business practices. Um, and I want to make sure I don't get too off topic with the women. I have, I have feel like I'm not as versed in, um, the gender terms as I want to be, I'm still learning. And I definitely looked at, do I need to change the language to be women identifying? Do I need to change the language to women within Y or an X? Like, how do I, uh, because, because that's all not only welcome, but 
I think with the work that I've done and what I've put into place in the program, I think those people are going to be served in the program. Um, and I think there is something special about a woman only space. And when I did my research into, well, do I change this language? Do we use women identifying? Do we use women with a Y? It seems like um, that from what I learned, that terminology is more exclusive and, and I don't want to other anybody. And so it's like, if, if anyone sees the word woman and says, that's me, then this is the, the place for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something I feel like is a, is going to keep being an evolution. I mean, obviously, um, as things, as things change, um, and I could say right now that I've set up pillars in my program to support specifically my, my BIPOC clients. And I am looking at, well, do the clients that come from different further marginalized identities are, is what might need to happen or what might I need to offer to make them feel like they're in a safe and inclusive space as well. And that's something that I'm working on. I appreciate being in the mess and, <laughs> and uh, like, and knowing like, Hey, I'm in the mess and I'm figuring it out as I go. Um, mm-hmm. and my follow-up question then is, and I'm not asking this to be whatever. I don't need, no, to, please. I don't need, no, to count you don't need questions. a disclaimer. Yeah. You don't <laughs> what need about me, Michelle? Like, I know. Like, uh, cause so when I hear my work is for women, I think, first of all, uh, I want to be transparent. Like yes, I immediately please. think, Oh, this is for cis women. Uh-huh. Because, because most people in dominant culture assume that when we say the word women, we're implying that cis women are women, but trans women are this other right. kind of women. Yeah. Right. right. Um, so I hear you saying my space is for anyone who feels seen by the word women. And yeah. I'm doing my best as a business owner and space holder to understand how to set up the container to include trans uh-huh. women. Yes. Um, right. What about people who are assigned female at birth and non-binary who, when they see the word women feel excluded, right? Right. I don't know the answer. (laughs) I don't know the answer. And I want to tell you that it's something that has been at the top of my priority, my DEI priority list for quite a while. And it's interesting. I had a former client who I worked with, oh my gosh, a trillion years ago. And he was assigned female at birth, was um, relating to that identity at that time, has since identified as trans and is using, I think he, him pronouns. Mm -hmm. And he reached out to me trying to think if it's they them but I think it's he him because right because Um, then it's like whether it's they them or he him like where does where do they or where does he fit into that equation right and he asked me that question right and he said I think I might need 90 day business launch and I don't identify as a woman anymore so what's the deal so I'll 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 tell you what I told him If like, A, you're welcome. You, you are welcome, yeah. right? You are, you are welcome. I want to, if, and this is the thing about being a business owner. 
um, like I, I think in general, you could come up with your niche or you come up with your audience, mm-hmm. come up with your market. And at any point you can make an exception, right? I tell my yeah. clients at any point, you know, if there's a man knocking on my door, but I think that he's the right fit. Okay, great. Now, would I put him in the program in a space where I say, this is mm. a program for women. I feel like in that space, putting a man or someone who identifies as a man mm-hmm. in that group space, I would think about that yeah. harder and figure stuff out. Would I work with, with him one-on-one and say, right. listen, maybe the group is not the place for you, but mm-hmm. we could work together in this certain way. And, and then what I said to this former client was, I can't tell you that this is yet a safe space for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I can to my BIPOC clients. I really believe that I've created a safe space for space for my BIPOC clients and they have completed surveys anonymously and otherwise, and have told me so. And VP right has been a, a big piece of that. Um, and I want, wanted him to know like, okay, we can't like, let's jump on the phone. Let's talk. Let's see if this is the right program for you for what you need. Let's, let's make sure that we'd be a good fit. And those are always the things that I look at before I say like, yes, come into the, come into the program. Um, you know, is it what this person needs? Um, do I think that like what they want to do is in my wheelhouse, if they're going to get the results that, that they want with my knowledge and, and guidance and expertise. Um, and then like, do we get on and do we vibe and do we speak the same language? Um, so if all of those check boxes were there, then I would have a discussion with that person of like, okay, you know, he, and what I would hope is maybe, and I never want to put the onus on my client to, to educate me, but if there's something that I could bring into the program, if there's something that I could do, then hopefully we could be in dialogue about that. Um, so I think if you resonate with what I'm doing and how it works and with me, um, whether you don't identify, you identify in a different way. And I'm saying, then I hope you still tap me on the shoulder and we figure it out together. Yeah. yeah. Um, cool. So, yeah. Thank you. Messy answer. Yeah. I mean, it is messy. (laughs) I feel like we're at this really messy juncture culturally, like those of us that are part of this conversation, because let's be real, not everybody's part of this conversation. Right. Um, Or rather people are having a very different conversation. Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, it is, it is inherently messy. Um, And, you know, part of what I hear you saying is like, I hope people will tell me what they need. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's also really hard when folks who hold marginalized identities have to constantly advocate for themselves, which I a also million hear percent. you saying, like, I a don't want that percent. to be on them either. And a million percent. there's like this dance going on, but I just appreciate that you're in the dance, that you're Thank seeking you. to like learn and be in yeah. the work and, you know, figure it out and mess up and fumble and keep learning. So yeah. thank you. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, you don't need to thank me. And I will take that. Yes, I get it. I will thank you. I will accept the compliment. Right. Okay. So thank you. Yes. And th- this is just the part of my like forever student yeah. learning of just like, I know this work is never done. I know I am always in this. I know like, and so, um, constantly, constantly exploring and, and hoping to not, you know, I, in order to create this, this space for my BIPOC clients and, and I, I doubled the amount of BIPOC clients I have in my program in in one year, which I'm super Mm. proud of because it's not only, and it's not only about, you know, Oh, now I served double them, but like they feel safe and they're getting the results and like, okay, great. Um, I didn't do that because I tapped them on the shoulder and hi, you're black and taking my program. What do you need? Like, so I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to have a similar evolution of great, find the part, learn the thing, do like, like bring it, bring it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And I'm hearing the the way you're describing it too, is very relational, which I think Mm -hmm. most of us aren't taught how to do like, it, it sounds like you went through that relational process with like bringing in VP and like being in relationship with your clients in that way. That's um, reciprocal and not just like extractive. Right. Um, and I, I think what I hear from a lot of folks who are seeking advice, it's like, well, tell me the right way to do trans inclusion. Tell me the right way to do it. Yeah. I I mean, that, that's what I, and thankfully I learned that lesson. I feel like pretty quickly, but like, yeah, I mean, back in, you know, George, George Floyd, it, it was like, where's the checklist? Yeah. Where's the check? Just give me the checklist. And, yeah. um, thankfully I wised up, you know, much sooner rather than later, like, Oh, oh there's no checklist. And even if there is a check and I feel like I, I have seen at times like checklist on the, no, yeah. there's no checklist. There is yeah. no checklist. Yeah. I mean, there are certainly things to for sure not to do, I guess. Like there are, yeah. I don't know. Maybe we need to acknowledge that it's a both hand. Like yeah, right, right. So the checklist is important and yeah. there's so much more and you can't stop there, but there are action yeah. steps that we need to consider. Like yes. how we language things, whether we share our pronouns, those are, those are check boxes, yeah. but like yeah. they should represent that you're doing something more than just sharing your pronouns. Yes. Yes. I know when you and Christopher do your equity statement workshops, like the thing is, yeah, an equity statement is necessary and like it can't be the only thing you do. So exactly. yeah, right. off boxes, right. it can't right. just be the sake of checking them off. So yeah, yes. this is yes. so messy. It's it so is. messy. It's so messy. Well, and like throwing out, you know, mistakes, right? Like knowing yeah. you're going to make mistakes, knowing yeah. how to apologize. I mean, when I first got on the bandwagon of like pronouns, okay, pronouns, okay, pronouns are important. We're all going to use our pronouns, blah, blah, blah. So I went to my clients at the time and I was like, okay, everyone go into the Mighty Network community and put your pronouns after your name. And then now we're on Zoom and put your pronouns after your name. And I, I wasn't like yelling at them like that, but I was, I was, <laughs> okay, I know so I was like, I was, I, you know, it's kind of like, this is important. We're going to be, yeah. you know, inclusive and la, la, la. And um, one of my clients emailed me lovingly (laughs) and said, you know, like, thank you for introducing this. This is important. And kind of felt like this was a mandatory thing. Mm, And you might have some clients that are not comfortable sharing their pronouns. And Mm -hmm. so 
can I suggest that you make sure to say that this isn't something mandatory, but if it's, if you're comfortable, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, immediately it was like, thank you. And yes. And I went to my clients and I said, I am sorry if, um, if this made anyone feel like they were, you know, whatever. And forget what I said about having to do the pronouns. I just do it if you want. Okay, great. And like, you know, thankfully, I guess that's being called in as opposed to called out. I definitely felt like I was called in. Um, and I think when you're doing the work and you're making that effort and you're a good person, um, nine times out of 10 people are going to call you in, um, so calling you out and you know, I'm just, I'm going to fuck up. Like I thought I was doing the right thing, but then okay, everyone with their pronouns. Um, and, uh, and I did, but I also didn't. And, you know, until the next time I fuck up, which will probably be like, I don't know, tomorrow or now when we hang up, whenever. Um, That's just part of it too. Yeah. Yeah. And like normalizing it, I think. And you doing that um, in a transparent way is like kind of giving your clients that permission too of like mistakes happen. I mean, I I can't tell you how many um, like initial consult calls I'll have with someone who I can tell is like very scared to make a mistake and Mm. the relief on their face when I'm like, I, I mess up all the time. Yeah, <laughs> right. Not, yes. Right. Not an end process right. where you get right. an A and it's over. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, we can't underscore that enough. Yeah. Um, well, I'm also really curious to hear more about the process you went through um, with VP and like yes. how you've, because if anyone wants to check it out, Michelle has a very comprehensive breakdown on, I think it's on your website, right? Of mm-hmm. how all the different systems and um, accountability measures you've implemented uh-huh. in the last couple uh-huh. of years, which yep. I think is a great example for anyone who's like, oh shit, I should probably get yeah. on that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Out. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and anyone can find that at 90daybusinessfunction.com slash DEI. Um, or if you just go to my homepage, it's at, it's at the very bottom in the nav over there. Um, trying to think of the timeline. So I think I started working with the, the inclusive entrepreneur um, I think at the very beginning of 2021, I think it was like, oh, you know, re- totally changing my business and having a whole new website, doing this whole new thing. Is it during COVID, um, you know, with a school age child isn't enough. Let's also go do this course and make things more, more inclusive. And I'm really glad that I did. So I think it was like maybe January through like March or April or something of, of 2021. Um, and you know, the program itself, like I, I can't, I can't run, recommend this program more highly, um, you know, has different, uh, components and, and modules and, you know, the takes us through, um, you know, history lessons of things to know, and then takes you through what this looks like in our business. And there's a community aspect and there's live calls and there's homework and, um, it's really great. And I forget, I forget where the light bulb moment was, um, but I don't think it was anything, it wasn't anything specific, like, like V doesn't teach this thing specifically that I went, oh, I want to implement that and I want to hire you to do that. There was just some sort of light bulb moment of like, I cannot possibly as a white woman serve my clients of color in their identity shifts and the challenges they're going through identity wise 
and emotionally in certain mm-hmm. ways. Yeah. So I know my program is really good at dealing with, you know, mindset work. And I joke that people come for the logistical action steps and they stay for like the emotional support because they get there and they go, Oh my God, this is a huge identity shift. They are, they are just transitioning from whatever they see themselves at work to this entrepreneur. It comes with a lot of baggage. It comes with a lot of like, what will other people think? And it comes with a lot of who am I now? And like big stuff. And I could help my clients with feedback on their website and what their elevator pitch is and, you know, how to figure out their client audience and do your copy and like the emotional stuff that is more, more general, I guess, Mm -hmm. like for lack of a better word, but when it comes universal, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, for, I call them vampire voices, which are basically like the inner (laughs) critics that, that are, are in our heads. Um, and I could talk about that all day long and I could help them with that all day long. Um, but I know I can't be there for a client who let's say is black and has been, you know, ignored at work for years and years and experiencing these microaggressions and how she comes to launch her business and the fears and challenges that she faces in thinking of getting those first clients or dealing with, um, you know, a freelancer she hires or what I have no frame of reference. I don't have that safe space for them. And I knew it had to go outside of me. And so I tapped V on the shoulder and was like, okay, I want to make sure that my non-white clients have a person they could talk to mm-hmm. that they, they could just bring up whatever they want to need to bring up around their identity and their emotions and their experiences. Um, that's never going to be, be me. Can it be you? Um, and initially I was like, let's do a monthly call. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a three month program. So yeah, three month program, three and a half months. Um, and so, you know, I said to V like, can I get, you know, once a month, like the third Thursday of every month at five o'clock is, is the call with V. And I asked for her help and like, how do we make this safe and and private? Um, So we decided together, we we would record the call, but only if something had to be reported. Otherwise, no one listens to it. It gets trashed. Um, I am there to open up the Zoom room because it's still on my Zoom link. And then I leave. Once V is there, I leave. I say goodbye. I make her the host the end goodbye. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that was great. And I knew my clients wanted more. Mm. And so then I said, well, what if we make a subgroup and mighty networks that again is private. And once V is there, I leave, I don't see anything. I'm not there. And so between calls, they can get what they need. And I said to V, even if you just say to me, like, I'm going to come in every Tuesday and see what's up, then I'll tell them expect to hear from V on Tuesdays. And if there's nothing there, don't worry about it. Then we know they're good. Otherwise, you know, so then we made the, um, separate private BIPOC group so they could have that connection. They have that connection just to each other in between Mm -hmm. calls as well. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And I think in between that, V has a workbook that is like inclusive, inclusive things for your coaching business, mm. which is a bad name. V, you need to rename that workbook um, because I really think it works for any sort of service-based business. And so I said, how can I get this workbook to every single one of my clients? Because um, I know this is something that's important to them. And I want for the people who it's important to, I want them to be able to consider it and, and have it. And I'd rather them learn it from you. So we have an arrangement where I'm basically licensing um, her workbook so that I could give every person in the program a copy of that workbook, no matter. And if they're white or not, it's just every single person gets a copy of that workbook. They do whatever they want to with it. So that's really what I implemented for the program. Um, and it, I can't imagine doing the program without it. And I think that's a big reason why I went from having 20% of my clients be clients of color in 2020 to 40% of my clients be clients of color yeah. in 2021. Um, I also, the last thing to say is I have a scholarship um, that I started when I relaunched the business last year. And initially I said, well, this is a need-based scholarship and I'm going to do two full scholarships for every group of 20 women that I run. And I got a million applications for the first round. And I knew I was looking for non-white women for that scholarship. I knew like, you're a white woman, you're ha like, you're going to have to really fight. Like I, this scholarship is for women of color. And I shied away from saying that. And now I don't care. After that round, I went, mm. this is, this is a need-based scholarship for, and now I say, because I, because I want it to be more inclusive. This is a need-based scholarship for women who identify for further marginalized backgrounds mm -hmm. and the application numbers are so much smaller than they mm -hmm. were this time last year so much smaller and what I'm what I'm hoping what I what I have in my head too is that I I hear from some of the applicants throughout the year of like well I saw you had a scholarship but I don't really know if that's for me I'm like mm -hmm. do you need it financially are you from a further marginalized background? Then yes, apply for the scholarship. And they're just like not applying for the scholarship. Mm -hmm. So um, I need to figure out how to how to get that happening because I will basically, you know, talk to them, but and be like, better apply for the scholarship. It's for you. You better apply for it. Uh, but you know, I need to talk to them to be able to say that. And sometimes they don't even take that step. Um, so really by by staking that claim to like, yeah, this is more than just a need-based scholarship. This is for women of further marginalized identities. Like yeah. everyone else, everyone else clear out. <laughs> um, and I think the first time I actually said that I had someone fill out the scholarship application and basically every answer was blank except for like, this isn't fair, this isn't fair. And white yeah. people aren't getting this and blah, blah, blah. And now you have to be black and like, whoo, I was like, all right. Start us up. Let's go. <laughs> and I was just so glad. Like I literally, I went into my newsletter platform and I just unsubscribed her from everything. I was just like, bye. <laughs> bye. 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 Bye.
Yeah, I'm so, I really appreciate you breaking all of that down. Cause again, I know so many of our listeners are grappling with these same questions, no matter what their background is, like whatever area they're trying to learn more about Mm -hmm. Um, and scholarships are something I know Tristan, I'm pretty sure you get asked this all the time. It's like, how do I do a scholarship and not assume what people need and not like, it's so like speaking of messy scholarships, (laughs) they are really messy. Yeah. They, they are really messy. I mean, and I think there's a lot of different ways to do it. So I don't right. want anyone to think like, well, Michelle, this way, that's way. Like, mm. right. um, and, and I tried a few, you know, I've, I've done it a few different ways. I've tried a few different things and I am making changes to the program so that hopefully by the spring of the summer, it'll go evergreen. And so there are, mm-hmm. they, there won't be these cohorts like, like there were um, the last year and a half. And so I have to now figure out like, well, there's no co- cohorts. How am I, I still really want that 10% of my clients. I want them to be on full scholarships, but like, how is that going to work? If I don't know if I'm getting, you know, 10 clients for the month mm-hmm. or a hundred clients for the month, I don't know what it is. So um, I'm figuring out that piece of, of how it's going to work. We'll see. Yeah. I'll be very excited to see what you figure out. Me too. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> um, I was just, yeah, I was just going to say, I also think something I notice is that people, even, even if they're a person of color or of a queer identity, like people are like, I don't want to apply because somebody else probably needs it more than me. And I'm just like, I get that. Like if you need this, then just submit an application. But like, there's some sort of like, I don't deserve this or um, I don't have it that bad. It's like kind of like a self gaslighting bullshit. Like, yes, yes. I mean, yes. I mean, I just, I feel for that because I know I do that in other ways for my, with yeah. myself and yeah. my own brain. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I just think there's something really important about like, I don't know what it is yet um, about it being like welcoming and invitational with the scholarship and not like presenting it as if you need to meet some quota. And maybe this goes back to like other systems involved in uh-huh. this. Right. And uh-huh. like, Generally speaking, you know, academic institutions, for example, you have to send them proof that you yes. deserve X, Y, yes. and Z to yeah. get the financial support, right? Yeah. And yeah. we're talking about like moving into a model where like you don't need to demonstrate that you need this because we're talking about building trust and being uh-huh. genuine and being uh-huh. vulnerable and asking uh-huh. for what you need yes. so that I can show up and support you in that process. And like, anyways, it's hard. And yes, it's challenge a lot of the garbage in our head in the process. It's hard. Um, and you remind me of that terrible statistic of like, with, with applying for a job, men will apply if they, if they meet half the requirements, but women, women, unless they meet 90% of the requirements, they just won't apply. They will be like, Oh, well, there's 20 bullet points here. And I can't do these, these two, or I can't do this one bullet. So I'm not like, they won't even apply. So I think that like, it brings that up for me too. And, and you're right. I mean, Thankfully, this hasn't happened so much since I changed the language around like, here's who the scholarship is for. And um, I do say that, like, even though there are two full scholarships available for the groups of 20, I'm like, if I basically have that amount of money, I have like two, two payments and I, and I fund, I just take this out of what, what yeah. I make in the business. It's not like funded from anywhere else. Though I did set up a GoFundMe. Uh, if anyone wants to contribute, you could go to 
90daybusinessluncheon.com slash scholarship. And, and that's been set up um, because I, but it would be in addition to the scholarships that I like, I want to give more scholarships, but I'm like, if you only need half a scholarship, then I'll find someone else who needs half a scholarship. And then I could get two people in the program instead of just one, like great. But tell me, this is what I need. And then there is a question on the, on the page, like, listen, most people say they need a full scholarship. Great. Don't be shy. But if you don't need a full scholarship, tell me what you need. Um, because I could divvy it up. However, I'm the boss. I make the rules. Um, (laughs) but, but when I, when I made that change in language, what stopped were like, the white women who were applying for the scholarship and they were just like, and there's a, you know, you don't need proof, but there's a question of like, well, this is a need-based scholarship. Um, now it says this is a need-based scholarship for women who identify with being further marginalized. Like, how does that apply to you? And before it was just like, well, this is a need-based scholarship. Please tell me how this applies to you. And I, I would get some applicants that are like, well, I really don't want to ask my husband to pay for you know, something like that, like they basically just didn't want to say to their husbands that they wanted this money and like wanted to do something for themselves or, you know, and I'm like, that's not, that's not why you need that's a scholarship. The need that we're talking about. Yeah, that's Cheryl. not like, because you don't want to talk to your husband or you don't like what, mm, that mm, makes me sad too. Oh, that, it makes yeah. me sad too Ooh. that it's like they need to ask their husbands for for permission, or they don't want they it's don't want to ask their husbands for permission. Enough. Maybe maybe those women are for the marginalized. <laughs> maybe that's my bad. <laughs> maybe that's my bad. But I was just like, I mean, I remember getting those applications of just like you are not. That is not need, or just someone being like, I have a lot of credit card debt, so I just don't want to take on more credit card debt. And I'm like, that's not really being me based. So, and that's interesting because you have like people like that. And then you have the other people who are like, no, they really need it. And they won't apply because they feel like exactly they don't need it enough. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This came up when, um, I talked to Brooke a few episodes back, if anyone wants to pull that up, but we were talking about how like the folks who, um, we work with and, and Brooke works way more with entrepreneurs. I work with all kinds of people, um, mm-hmm in terms of their jobs, but the people who are the most concerned about how do I make my work accessible to everybody and offer a low price point, blah, 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 are usually the people who are financially struggling themselves. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, that's so great that you're thinking about that. And like those, yeah, the people who are concerned about that stuff usually yes. don't, yes. aren't there yet yes. Um, yes. Or, or need to care for themselves too. Yeah. There's yes. a lot of that just like I like the word self-gaslighting. <laughs> yes, yes, totally. Totally. Um, one thing I wanted to make sure I asked you about is, um, you know, this downtime that you're having right now. I think you said a while ago you were taking like all of January off or, or most of January or something. <laughs> you're in this zero client phase. And how, how did that maybe come about? Because I know a lot of people yep. were like that. And also, where do you see things going from here? Yeah, Okay. So I'm laughing because this is just going to show you my pure Capricornness, like so laughing. So um, I I finished all my programs last year, like December 17th. So it was like great that that week of Christmas. Um, I was just going to do some wrap up work, work for myself, um, you know, business building, end of year, you know, delicious stuff that us creative business owners like to like to do. And it's like when my daughter's out of school, I'm out of work, so she's out like that, you know. December 
3rd or whatever until January 3rd. Great. That's my brain. And just because I'm me, I was like, oh, that's before I go on break. Let's just like mm, set up some calls with like marketing things that maybe I'm thinking of doing. Or like someone told me about this one program and I was like, oh, this program kind of looks interesting. Let me just set up a call, like, and just hear more about it. And um, I wound up getting on a call for this program and going, oh, shit. Like, this is going to be the way that I make things as affordable as I can make them. I make them more available and I can make them accessible. And it's an oh shit moment because the plan was like for me to just be like, okay, you know what? I'm changing my marketing to really be more relationship based. I'm just going into the new year. Like I'm going to join a few networking groups. I'm going to, you know, pitch more podcasts. I want to speak more. I really want to get in front of people. I want that relationship piece. And I'm just going to like, you know, move the program from, it was supposed to be January 3rd start date to February 14th. And so I was going to open the doors on January 18th and have these first, you know, two and a half weeks of January really just being like, great, let's like get all my emails out of the way for the email sequence for the launch. And let's like, let's just spend time setting stuff up and blah, blah, blah. And what wound up happening was that I came back on January 3rd and did some whatever catch up stuff. And that night I joined this program <laughs> where my friends laugh because they're like, Michelle, like what, what, I mean, I literally stopped De December 17th, shut everything down. Once my break, talked to these people on like the 20th, which was Monday and said to my friends, I think I'm going to join this program after the new year. They're like one day, Michelle, one day, you couldn't give yourself one day. Um, so I did, I was proud of myself that I didn't sign up before the break. I'm like, I do not want to touch this. I do not want to think about it. I do not want to be tempted by it. Like I will not. And what I loved about them, the, the program that I'm in is called recurring profit. And it's run by Haley Burkhead, who I did not know anything about before I got introduced to her just like a month or so ago um, through a, a mutual friend. Um, and well, wasn't it, through a friend of mine who knew about her work. Um, her name is Joy. She's at Joy Knows How. She needs to be on your podcast. Mm. I'll connect to you. Anyway, um, now I'm pointing again. So um, I wound up really thinking that the universe was, <laughs> is giving me this free time because if I was running a program right now and trying to give myself more attention so that I could recalibrate the program and make it evergreen and make these changes and make it, it would be a very tough juggle for me. Um, and I think that this blank space right now is meant for me to just take my time, chill out and go through the program. And so, um, it's, it's tough because what they tell you that the program itself, you've access to it for a year, but it really is like on your own, own pace, but they say like, do not, you cannot skip ahead. Like when you are on the step, you're on the step yeah. and you can't move on until you're done with the step. And so right now, I mean, it's lit I'm literally a week and a, and some change into the program. And this step is like talk to at least five people who meet your ideal client profile. And like, I've done, I've done that kind of thing before you're tempted to skip over it. But what's great is that they give you, here are the questions, here's what we're looking for. And then here's what we do with this information once it's done, which is usually my problem, right? Like I know how to do these like marketing calls and ask the right questions. But then I look at this information, I go, well, what do I do with this? So, um, 
so right now I'm in the midst of these calls. I think I've done about a little more than, than half. I'm going to interview 10 or 10 or 11 people. Um, they're incredible. They're like mind blowing for me in terms of what I assumed about who I'm serving and, and what these women are actually saying, um, with what they want and need and struggling with. Um, and after that, I do some more things and then, and then they help you like launch a beta round. Um, and so what, what's going to happen eventually is that 90 day business launch will be evergreen. And so anyone can come in at any time. And that's really important to me because I felt like I was, um, if I had to make someone wait for me, <laughs> they were like, it's January 13th, 2022. And I'm ready to start my business. I'm like, great. And their last year it was like, great. My next round starts on April 1st mm -hmm. and they would have to wait until April 1st. And that didn't feel good to me. Like you could have, it's 90 day business launch. You should have your business launched by April 1st. You shouldn't have to wait to start it on April 1st. So number one, that felt blah. Number two, um, you know, we have, uh, the program itself now, how I'm reconfiguring it is that it has been live teaching calls. So whether we're talking about, um, whether I'm giving a copywriting lesson or I'm giving a, like, here's how to figure out your business mission or whatever, like that was through a live call and my ego's tied up in that. And selfishly, I love those calls because, um, because of the, um, but I know I to serve some people wanted to come in because they were teachers and they weren't free on Tuesdays from two to 3 PM. Mm -hmm. And if they can't come to a single call, then like, and, and I had this structure that, that I, that I love that I still love called one perfect day, where it was like an eight hour day on zoom, where we go through my 5M framework and they, they personalize it to their business. So they are going through the mission the message, the money, the marketing, the milestones of their business. So after this eight and a half hour day together, um, they would come out with, here's my elevator pitch and here's my audience and here's what they're struggling with and here's what they want to leave with and here's my first offer and here's the pricing and here's the onboarding strategy and here's the marketing plan, like all of it in one day. It was amazing. And ever since COVID, I've done them on Saturdays because I know people work and have full things. And so... I know like someone I, I gave a scholarship to last year, like had a flight to Hawaii that day. And she wound up like moving her flight later or whatever, but she had to leave early. She was like not present. I had someone else just like, I can't make that day work. Well, if you can't show up live in that eight hour day, then like you might as well sit this round out. It's just, it was not okay. So I am recalibrating so that the teaching things are videos. They're going to be done on probably Kajabi's course platform that it's like do one lesson and then it'll unlock the next lesson. Um, I'm still giving them that 90 day timeline. Like, do not take, you know, two months to go through phase one because you're not going to get there. Um, and what's important to me more than anything is that my clients don't feel like a number and they, they get personalized attention and feedback. And so what I'm planning on is doing probably two to three calls a week, live Q and A calls, um, co-working calls. And then I call them community calls where they connect just with each other. And I facilitate and lead breakout rooms and, and discussions and stuff like that. And what I'm probably gonna try is, um, 
when I do this beta, I'll try it in the beta and see how it goes. And maybe I'll, I'll, I'll shift when it goes evergreen, but like, I don't want to say calls are Tuesdays from two to 3 PM and Wednesdays for, because if you can't make it, you can't make it. So I think I'm just going to kind of make up the times. And thankfully Google Cal makes it really easy where I could just put it all on a calendar, give them a link and say, just add this calendar to your calendar and it'll just show up on their calendar. And like, yeah, it's not neat and clean. It's not every Tuesday at two o'clock, but like there'll be people that will be able to hopefully join more than they could otherwise. So that's kind of a long answer. And this also solved the problem, I think, of having to raise my prices because I was looking at 2022 and I was going, and I know, I know my value. I know the value. I know, like, I know I will, I will brag on, on the program. Like I've launched hundred businesses since 2018. 91% of those businesses are still in business when the national average is 80%. Amazing. And the, the program got a nine out of 10 rating in 2021 from my clients at the end of the program. So like this shit works. <laughs> and I would always rather have a lower price and reach more people than have a higher price and limit my people. Not to say if you have a high price, you can't have millions of clients, totally can. But I did not want this to turn into a $5,000 program. Like that doesn't sit, even if I have every sort of payment plan, known to man, whatever, I did not want to do that. And I really thought I was going to have to increase the price by like $1,000 this year in order to feel like make it work. And I think that by doing it in this way, um, I could keep the price where it is, or maybe even get it a little lower. And I am making sure to have the longest payment plan that I've ever had before, um, with very little upcharge and, you know, just serve more people, serve more people. I mean, yeah. you're, uh, yeah, I want to hear what you have to say, Lauren. And I just wanted to say, cause I looked at your Instagram profile yeah. You don't have a huge ginormous audience on social media and no. yet you are reaching and making change for so many people. And I just want to like, I just want to celebrate that and Thank highlight you. it because yeah. I think that we can get into this mindset that like, oh, I have to have 10,000 followers in order to do X, Y, and Z, but like not true. And, no. you know, Brooke no. reminds me of this all the time. Yes. Like Brooke Monaghan, who's got, you know, a thousand roughly yeah. followers yeah. and look at how many people whose lives she's touching, right? Like we yes. need to challenge that yes. bullshit narrative and, and you're doing it. So thank you. And you, you have reminded me, I'm, I'm sitting on a post. that's like, why I do not care that I'm losing followers. Do not care. Do not care. I'm not tracking it. I'm not paying attention to it. Do not care. Not why I'm on Instagram, not the point do not care. And I did have a wake up moment last year of just like, what am I doing? That's purely for vanity metrics. Mm. And I did, I had, I had, um, I thought like made a great investment in like an Instagram strategy person who was also the person who, you know, wrote the posts and posted them and commented and DM'd. And, um, it was great because with the posts, you know, it took some training, but, but she would write it and I would like clean it up or edit it, give her some notes, but otherwise like she could go, it was great. She, she grew that account. Mm -hmm. Like if you go to 90 day biz launch, you'll see there's almost as many followers as my private account, which is Hey Michelle Ward, um, which is linked there on 90 day biz launch too. I've been growing that Hey Michelle Ward growing that Hey Michelle Ward account for, I don't know, eight years. And I have like 
3000 people and 90 day business launch Instagram has been around for 15 months, 16 months, and has like almost 3000 people. She grew it like crazy. Mm. And I don't think I got leads from it. I don't think I got clients from it. And I don't think there was engagement there, even though there was engagement. And so I was like, okay, this is, this is working. Like, just like we talked about earlier, like what is and isn't working for you. Like this is working in a way that it's so nice to not have to deal with my content. Like I did, it's nice that things are taken care of, but it's not working in the fact that um, I don't feel like anyone has come through that I've really connected with. And I feel like um, maybe the people who are following me that she followed for me, like aren't really my people. And once I took it over and I'm really making a point to look at like, well, who's following me? Mm-hmm. And so if you're following me or you comment on something, I don't know who you are, checking you out. I'm seeing if um, there needs to be a follow, but if there's something about your profile that I want to follow back and I message and say, hi, like, I'm, thanks so much for, for following me. And if there's something obvious as to why they're, oh, it seems like, you know, oh, you're an amazing artist. Are you looking at making a business from your art? Like, I just ask them that question or, huh, your business is already up and running. Like, I'm so curious as to why you're following my, my profile. Just like, and you just have those conversations and it has changed the game for me, which is why when later.com tells me every week, you've gained eight people, you've lost 13 people. I'm like, I don't like, whatever. I don't care. Whatever, <laughs> whatever. I'm like making connections. I'm, I'm building relationships. I'm like talking to people the end. And I don't have a, my remind us of my clients all the time, unless you're selling a product that is mass produced you have a quantity business and not, you have a quality business and not a quantity business. Mm. So unless you are selling phone cases and you <laughs> need to sell a hundred thousand phone cases in order to make any money, you do not need 10,000 people in your Instagram. Mm. A lot of my clients, especially when they're first starting out, it's like, wouldn't 10 clients change your life? You don't need 10,000 Instagram followers to get 10, 10 clients, clients. Oh, two exactly. clients, right? Two clients. So like, it does not. And they'll say to me, oh, they have their newsletter list. I'm like, oh, well, they only have 30 people in their newsletter list. It's Great. There's, prob- there's probably one client in there for you. Yep. Like what would one client, when you do a dance in the street, when you get your first client, like, come on. <laughs> come on. Yep. That's how it works. Yeah. Like I, I have this conversation a lot with, um, cause I do a little bit of content. Well, not a little bit. I do a lot of content strategy, although that's not what I promote myself as doing. Mm-hmm. It's more like word of mouth stuff, um, which is great. Um, and so many times the conversation is how do we build our following? How do we chase this metric? Mm-hmm. And a lot, my answer is always, how is that converting to sales? Exactly. How is that converting to a relationship that Thank is you. meaningful with somebody who's going to sign up for your stuff or yeah, even just you. attend your free stuff and eventually attend your paid stuff. Like, or even, I, I know you mentioned recently, you're not doing Facebook ads anymore. Like you are all about the referral. That is where people dying are. on the hill. I yeah. did do Google ads last year because I felt like, well, I'm not doing Facebook ads. I'm not, I will not give money to Mark Zuckerberg. Um, <laughs> and they brought people on my list. Mm-hmm. and didn't convert to a single client. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I just went and I ran them for six months last year and I put them on hold. I have one more month left with the agency that I hired. And I'm like, can I, can you let me out of this early? They're like, no. I was like, okay, we'll do one more month in like March <laughs> or April. Um, 
when I have things, you know, when I have the new, whatever opt-in set up, but, um, I would be so happy. Like if I could do nothing, but give out affiliate payments every month, Mm -hmm. like I was giving, you know, and we'll talk numbers like, and they aren't huge numbers in the industry, but they're big numbers to me. I was doing a thousand dollars a month for Google ads and paying the agency $500 a month to run. So if I gave $1,500 a month to affiliates, to people who refer, um, to people who want to do a partnership and they're going to a real person that makes a difference for that person. And nine times out of 10, they're better fit clients. They're from the heavens clients. They're like exactly right clients. Um, like I, that I would, I would do that all day, every day, happy dance here, here, take this money as you know, like such a good exchange of energy. Yes. Yes. The energy exchange I think is it's everything. And, and that's like, if your business isn't feeling good, the way that you're running it, like do something else. Like, (laughs) I don't know how many times we can say like, there aren't rules that you have to follow. Um, so I'm really grateful uh, that you're like bringing this into the conversation. And, um, and and I'll just keep saying this. I know it's going to help a lot of the people listening. Cause Mm -hmm. even though not every single listener, I don't think is an entrepreneur or entrepreneur, like this applies just in every area of life. Like (laughs) Brooke always says, like, do you want to have to do your inner work, start a business? Yes, a million percent, (laughs) you know, and I have had clients come to me and and I laugh because in normal nine times out of 10, someone comes to me and they're like, I want to be a full-time successful entrepreneur. And this is my first start, but I've had, have had people that are like, I like my job, but I also just, I want to have a business and like, see that I could do it and like do it and have it and, and do, and I'm like, yeah, you're, you're allowed in, come on in. Um, so, you know, I was talking to someone the other day who wants to start a tarot business, which I'm like, yes, please. And she does fundraising for a nonprofit. And she's like, I don't like this job anymore, but she has a freelance fundraising client. And she's like, her goal is to have the right freelance fundraising clients and do her tarot stuff. And I'm like, that's amazing. Like you don't have to fit into that one box. You could have multiple things that you're doing in places of income. And like that, that works, that works. And that's just not talked about enough either. No. Well, and that's, I think what made me so excited about, you know, your long time ago, original platform of when I grew up, cause you were talking about clients. One was like a ballerina and worked in healthcare. Or <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my you God. are throwing it back. Wait. Oh my gosh. Wait, I'm bringing you with me. I have a former client that actually made a cross stitch of, of these characters you're talking about. So this is my very first logo. And this is yes. Bruce. This is Bruce, the strumming businessman. And Nancy, the ballerina nurse. Oh my God. And so I wanted to highlight when I was like working with creative people in their career transitions, I want to be like, I wanted to highlight the fact that you could do both things and be both things. Um, And so they lasted quite a while. They were around for for a few years, but then I just got to the point that I was like, oh, we need to, I think we need to retire them. but that is so funny that you remember that and brought that up. And that he, makes me so happy. Well, cause I had just graduated college and I'm sitting there like too chicken to move back to DC and pursue the career I ultimately pursued for a few years. And I was uh-huh. like working at my, my job title was literally secretary. They didn't even have like department assistant. I, I was, oh, I'm sorry. Did you graduate college in 1957? Right? That's weird. You look great. You look great. So I'm like a secretary at one of the departments at my school. And I'm like, 
just reading all these career coach blogs. And I think I came across you from like Alex Franzen, or I don't, I don't know, but somewhere in the internet, it came up and I was like, oh my God, there are people who make up careers. And like, that's a total possibility. I didn't do that for like eight, nine more years. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, right. It was the seed. It was the seed. Yes. And we clearly it stuck. <laughs> we need those seeds. Well, I think of that all the time too, especially having a seven and a half year old. And I do ask her that genetic question of like, what do you want to be when you grow up? But what I love about her answer is that like, she'll say, well, I want to be a vet. And I'll be like, okay, anything else? And then she'll be like, and I want to be an artist. It was like, great. Veterinarian and art. Like, like that's what I want to encourage in her. But there's not, I mean, if you told me when I graduated college in 1999, I'm, I'm proud of it, um, that I was going to be a certified life coach and business coach. I would say, what are you talking? I'm an actor. What are you talking about? I have no skills. I know nothing like what, what that wasn't a, a pass I ever No, I mean, and if you think about like hearing you talk about like content strategy with the 2000 and whatever version of you, like know what a content strat like no no it's getting a newspaper like (laughs) didn't even exist so um you know that's what I that's what I love but but the kids are still very in those you know straight and narrow I'm, I'm hoping that as the not to I don't know shit on older generations but as the like you know uh older generations leave the the schools and you know, I'm, I'm young Gen X. I feel like, you know, that young Gen X, Gen elder millennials, elder millennials, like as the millennials come in and then as the, even the Gen Zers come in, like there will be different conversations. And, and I do, um, you know, in my, in my dream of dreams, like, you know, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, like I'll go into colleges and tell them about, you know, entrepreneurship and what it could actually do for you. And like, how you can, how can you, you can make it work to have the impact and live your life and this, that, um, and have, have those spaces because it's just not available. They, they're still trying to put those kids in these boxes of like what people did 20 years ago. And that's just not, not, not. No more boxes. No more no. boxes. No more boxes. Um, and I'm realizing we're at the time that we had scheduled. So I'm sensitive to like not wanting to keep you both. Um, but Tristan, is there anything else? Okay. Um, so <laughs> we're all just like, this is good. Um, <laughs> I know. Like, oh, do we have to leave? Like, yeah. I know. I know. I need a break. And also, do we have to leave? <laughs> this is so fun. Um, so Michelle, before we go, is there anything you want to make sure people keep an eye out for, we'll obviously yes. link to everything we've talked about in the show yes, notes. Yes. Else you want to mention? No, I mean, I, you know, I ha- right now I have a freebie workbook called, am I, am I ready to be an entrepreneur? Um, a workbook for creative women. And so, um, you know, that's, that's where I want to point anyone to, um, because I don't even know, like I usually ask before recording podcasts, when is this going to go up? And then I could talk appropriately, but like, I don't even know. I don't even know. So, um, next week. Oh, good. Next week. Great. Okay. So I really don't even know, but what I could tell you about next week is that, um, I'm, I'm planning to do this beta round in the next month and, um, it probably won't go public because I have a a short list of people and I think I'm, I'm capping the people. So if you're like, Michelle, make sure I know about the beta, then they should just 
go to my contact page on 90daybusinesslunch.com and send me an email and just be like, please tell me about beta. Um, and I'll, I'll put you on that, that short list. Um, otherwise Instagram DMs now that I don't have anyone else for me, (laughs) um, hit my DMs anytime. Um, but I feel like sometimes if I'm not following you and it goes into my other folder, I try to check that other folder, but it's so annoying. So annoying. Um, so just like, like email, but you know, I'm active on Insta, um, grab the workbook, look through the website and, um, there's going to be really, really good stuff ahead. So. Oh, I'm so excited for you, Michelle. Oh my gosh. Thank you both. This was incredible. And I've never talked about all of these things in in one place. And I'm just Mm. like, so so happy that this was the place to to talk through it. And um, can't wait to point lots of people here to hear more. So thank you for the work you both are doing. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of All the Fuck In. If you like what we're doing, we'd love if you'd subscribe to us on Apple or Spotify and leave us a five-star rating and review. This helps other folks find us. You can learn more at alltfinpodcast.com. That's A-L-L-T-F-I-N podcast.com. And on Instagram at alltfinpodcast or at Tristan Katz Creative, or and at Lauren K. Roberts.